the known universe with its heroes and marvels. But what of the darkness? In our modern world, this is where monsters dwell. Tomb Believers, my name is James Hickson. And I'm Trey Lawson. And you are, of course, listening to The Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel horror podcast, where we delve deep into the darker, deeper, danker, little bit smelly corners of the Marvel Universe. That's right. And, and Trey, I hope you brought a needle and thread. Ooh. Are we doing like a like a sewing project? Like like are we making cosplay or cross stitching or something? No, we're stitching together Frank Castle. Oh, it's yep, alive. That's right. Kinda. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. We are looking at the next three issues of the Frankencastle story arc. This, of course, was a spinoff of the Dark Rain series, where. Um, Norman Osborn killed Frank Castle. Killed the Punisher. Killed killed him real good. Well, specifically, Wolverine's brat kid killed the Punisher under orders from Norman Osborn. I uh, can't tell you how many superheroes my kids killed. <laughs> no, no, for for legal reasons, I cannot tell you. <laughs> but um, yeah, so th- so being part of Dark Reign, that means this is Punisher Volume Eight. In case you're reading along with us. Um, that was the run that ran in, uh, I think it was 2009 to 2010. Issues we're where's reading. That, are... Where's that, Sonny? I couldn't hear you. My hearing it. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. That's, no, that's impossible. That did, no. Good <laughs> and, Lord. And uh, these issues were squarely in the middle of, of 2010, uh, starting, I think, around February or April, somewhere in there. Um, so, shall I go ahead and run down the issue numbers? Go right ahead. Yeah, I don't so, know numbers. Uh, if you're following along at home, we are talking about Punisher Volume 8, Issues 14, 15, and 16. That's right. And this is actually the last Punisher issues in our in our coverage? Technically, yes. This is uh this is we're reaching the point where Frankencastle ceases to be the story title, the arc title, and it actually becomes the title of the book. <clears throat> so they're not okay. going to renumber. We're going to pick up with issue 17, but it will mm-hmm. be Frankencastle issue 17. Yeah, okay. Okay. I get and, you. Yeah, so we're, we we are at sort of a turning point in the, the story arc. This is a transition, I think. But speaking of transitions, <laughs> we're going to go ahead to a quick break, and we'll be right back with our coverage of Punisher number 14 right after these messages where am i in the palace of glittering delights who are you i am andrew leyland and for over 200 episodes i have covered everything genre related from the obvious things that everyone talks about star trek to deep dives into the early issues of the amazing spider-man via the obscure such as ITC's experimental science fiction dramas, The Champions, or Department S. It's very cosmopolitan. You never know who you meet next. In the Palace of Glittering Delights. Okay, let's get this show on the road, gang. Available from Two True Freaks and via your podcatcher of choice. What's wrong with Dracula? He's losing his monster power. So is Frankenstein. Quick, into the monsterizer. You can activate the monsterizer, batteries not included, and imagine you're restoring monster power to Frankenstein. Figure sold separately. You crank him into the chamber. It closes automatically. Activate the monsterizer. I feel like a new monster. The monsterizer comes complete as shown. Frankenstein and Dracula figures are sold separately. New from Remco. Welcome back, Tomb Believers, to Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel Horror Podcast. 
Our first issue this episode is Punisher number 14. Frank Castle has brought in his friend Henry to do some research on Hellsguard, the crazy skeleton dude in a, in a steampunk suit that we met in our last episode. And we get some backstory on Hellsguard here, apparently read from his Wikipedia page. <laughs> well, and and with a very nice transition in art style. Right, we got some Dan Briarton. Is it Briarton? Briarton? Uh, Briarton, maybe? Briar- Dan Briarton artwork here, which I've talked about on the show how much I like this dude's artwork, and it is just gorgeous. It's it's painted style. He He's done books like Nocturnals, is gorgeous. Um, and perfectly suited for a Victorian-style horror vibe. Right. We're brought back to the village of Linskirk, Germany, in the Black Forest of 1898, where we re- meet Robert Hellsgard. And it's recounted he's returning home from meeting Nikolai Tesla. He was not impressed. Hmm. Uh, and he comes home to discover his entire village murdered by werewolves, including his own family. Uh, he picks up the kitchen silver and just starts stabbing, stabbing wolves. Stabbing yep. wolves. Starting with his own family. Starting with his own family, yeah. Yeah. And of course, when authorities come, they find him with a bunch of dead people, with a bunch of his own silverware in their chest, and they're like, hmm, you're going to jail now. We don't buy your whole werewolf story. That's that's bullshit. Um, he's broken out of jail, though, by the infamous monster hunter Ulysses Bloodstone. Hey, we know that guy. Yes, yep. we have encountered him before. Yep, and his kid. Yep. <clears throat> and most recently... Um, a weird, creepy clockwork skeleton in a MCU movie. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he and Hellsguard team up, and they're ganging some vamps and other monsters. Um, Hellsguard makes a big suit of armor, but then Dracula happens. Dracula bursts in um, to their lab. Hellsguard tries to don the armor to. Um, defeat the Lord of Vampires, but God damn it, this is the this is Gene Colan Dracula, so you know he ain't fucking going down like that. Uh, Dracula um, does something, you know, vents something. He breaks the coolant on the suit, um, which okay. seems to be what causes uh, Hell's Guard's facial scarring and sort of turning into more of a skeleton man look. Yeah, be cool, Hell's Guard, be cool. Right, and uh, and he gets shot into limbo. Yeah, Hellsgard gets shoved into Limbo because apparently they were going to use Limbo as a dead monster dumping ground. Yes. Which is not all that different from what Ultraman does with defeated monsters in the original 60s Ultraman series. Like he, There's like an outer space monster graveyard that he just drags them to and throws them out there. So what you're telling me here is that 60s Ultraman just straight up killing bitches. <laughs> I mean, kinda? It's a kid's show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, flash forward to the 1970s. Cue the disco. Uh, he is rescued by some Japanese scientists who have been studying his work and believe he could be instrumental in helping him defeat the various atomic monsters attacking Tokyo. Because remember, Marvel's Godzilla is still canon. <laughs> And it, we even have a giant robot that, you know, we're helping, that's helping them fight here. That's not Red Ronin, is it? No, no, that's something else. Something else. It, it looks like a standard Japanese robot, except it has like a skull face. Right, it, right. It's weird. It almost looks like a cyborg rather than a robot. If anybody can identify this robot... Yeah, I'm uh, not I, up on my... Marvel Japanese 70s kaiju fighting robots other than Red Ronin. I know there are others, but... <laughs> and they eventually form this whole Monster Hunters Club that regard Hellsguard as pretty much a god. Dang, these are some pretty monsters. Yeah. Like, I want a whole book of that flashback. Yes. Yes. Like, Briar- uh, Briarton's artwork here is just gorgeous. Like, there's a two-page spread here where there's, like, a, a gorilla-oni 
moth thing that's attacking Tokyo, and yeah, it just it's looks clearly amazing. Clearly supposed to evoke something like Mothra and King Kong. It's just yes. it's good stuff. But that's the end of the flashback. Um, but not the end of the, the pretty artwork because we still have um, we still oh, have the- Tony Moore on the artwork, and it's good stuff. Right. Um, we won't have that next issue, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Right, but, but Tony uh, Moore, he, he's the guy who had previously worked with Reminder on uh, Fear Agent, right? Fear Agent, yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty, pretty stuff. And of course, with backstory taken care of, uh, Frank Castle says, it's time to go kick some ass. Right, right. And that's what it, that's that's where we are. Specifically, he says, because increasingly with each issue, Frank Frankencastle becomes more and more of an 80s action hero. <laughs> and in this one, the most 80s action hero he gets, he says, This geek's castle, it's in the Alps. Alps is cold. Perfect temperature for the dish I'm going to serve him. I mean, yeah. yeah I can it's see, great. I, can sh- I love that. <laughs> I, can, I can see Shane Black writing that line. Right? Right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, yeah. The artwork is just gorgeous here. That that's the primary draw, especially these flashback pages. They're gorgeous. Yeah. Um, it's so cool to get in the middle here. Just a quick cameo of, like you said, Gene Colan Dracula. Like this is not the later two thousands. Looks like an anime character Dracula. This is classic seventies. He stepped right out of an issue of Tomb of Dracula into this book. Dracula. Yeah, I I like this version better. I, it, I it really don't superior. like it. So, I don't know if you've seen anything lately. Currently in, in Marvel, Dracula has been, like, aged. Like, he looks visibly ancient. He looks like a very, mm. very, very old man. I have a feeling that when he inevitably gets rejuvenated, he will revert back to his 70s appearance. I think that's where they're headed. Okay. I, I think the Cause... aging him thing is a way out of him having that stupid 2000s anime look. Castlevania? Yes, His exactly. Castlevania he, look. he looks like the Castlevania Dracula. Yeah. I, I don't know whose idea that was, but I'm not a fan. <laughs> no, not good. It. I especially took issue... I don't know if you remember this. There was a it was a miniseries in the 2000s that was po- Apocalypse versus Dracula. Mm. The idea being that both of these characters have existed across the centuries and would have encountered each other over and over again. And clearly editorial mandate was that regardless of time period, Dracula had to be drawn with the anime style look so that even in the past, when he didn't look like that in other comics, they drew him looking like he did in the present instead of giving him the Tomb of Dracula look. I call bullshit. Yes. Uh, I also enjoy that Hellsguard pre-accident looks like he stepped out of a Dickens novel or something. <laughs> yes. And he's reading Nietzsche. It, it's fun. Stuff. It's And we got some classic werewolves here. It's just, it's, the flashback's great. Yeah. And, and I love how the, without changing, the art style is able to so perfectly evoke both that Victorian sort of hammer horror style, but also transition into mid-70s Japanese kaiju tokusatsu style without skipping a beat. Well, the, one of the nice things about that is they switch back to a panel of the modern day with the Tony Moore artwork. Right. And For it's the back to flashback, but then it's the 70s. It's, it's great. Really, really well done. Brilliant layout, brilliant plotting. Um, but, like, let's consider this. If we were reading a 70s Marvel comic book, Hellsguard would be the good guy. Yes, absolutely. Because he'd be teamed up with Bloodstone. Yeah. Um, which, again, I, I enjoy the narration in this in this issue a lot. Homeboy looked like Fabio, but kicked abundant amounts of fiendish ass. <laughs> oh, Fabio. <laughs> Remember when he got hit in the face with a goose? That's what most people know him for now, I think. <laughs> really? Probably. Okay. Not the romantic covers anymore. Well, he's not. He's not the model of the romantic covers anymore now. Right. I guess. Right. Like he, he's so far removed from that that that's more of a historical thing at this point. Um, yeah. 
Uh, again, just in case you're uh, reading these books for the first time, I think I mentioned it last episode, um, but a thing that Punisher had very recently discovered as this story arc was starting is that his pal Henry Russo, who's filling the microchip role as his man in the chair, is in fact the son of Jigsaw, the Punisher villain. Yeah, which, you know, if you are more invested in Punisher than we are, probably means something to you. Right. Uh, it, it explains some of the trust issues that Frank already had at the beginning in that, that Dark Reign tie-in. Yeah. But that that's all that it really accomplishes. Um, I enjoyed, sort of in the background of things, the, the other monsters sort of putzing around, uh, living mummy bandaging up, uh, werewolf by night, um, the one sort of fish creature offering... Uh, uh, Henry a sandwich, stuff like that. Just fun little background stuff. Because otherwise this issue doesn't give a lot for the Punisher to do. It really is almost entirely flashback. So yeah, it's it's a really good issue. Really it fantastic is. artwork. Considering it's a Punisher issue where Punisher does zero punishing. Yeah, he, he, he he's Frank Castle, the listener. Here. Right, right. He's, he's being told a story. And he gets that one action movie quip at the end, which I love, to sort of set things back on track. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Yeah. It's a good story. But, but again, the flashback is so well executed and with such good artwork that you kind of forget that Punisher's barely in this issue. Yep. Which means we should probably transition to the next one. That's right. So let's take a break and... When we come back, we will talk about Punisher issue number 15. Yep. Right after these messages. All right, Josh, we got to do this ad. We got to come up with something. What do we want people to know about Cinepunks? I don't know, man. I feel like they should know everything about Cinepunks. <sighs> All right. We're underachieving overachievers convinced that we know a thing or two about movies. Romance and adventure by the light of the silver screen. Is non judgmental movie criticism a thing? Not really, but we love you anyway. We love cinema, whether it's high art or low trash. Cinepunks, we're elitist, but only about real nerd shit. Liam and Josh, we have two microphones and the truth. Tonight, I, Dr. Frankenstein, reveal my greatest invention. Serve, Gregor. A hot dog. Take a bite. Wow, there's real chili inside. How'd you do that? I tunneled deep into juicy hormel franks and stuffed them so with rich hormel chili. Absolutely amazing. Positively delicious. What do you call him, master? What else? But Frankenstuff. <laughs> Frankenstuff from Hormel. Welcome back to Tomb of Ideas. Our next issue is Punisher Volume 8, Number 15. And we are continuing the story of Frankencastle as he goes to take revenge against Hellsgard and rescue Morbius and maybe also Manphibian if he's still alive. It's the best fight in the Alps you'll see since On Her Majesty's Secret Service. <laughs> Good call. Good reference. <laughs> um, and so we open with a nightmare sequence uh, of Frank Castle... Putting in, as a human, putting a gun to which character is this? I am. I was actually not clear on some of this stuff. Uh, oh, Firebrand! It's Firebrand. He, he's put a gun to Firebrand's head, uh, and Frank forces Firebrand to kill his family, to kill Frank's family, uh, because he says his family's dead. Frank then shoots Firebrand in the back of the head, execution style. Um, Is this actually something that happened? I don't know. I I didn't read Punisher before he turned into a Frankenstein monster. Um, like, jeez, because I because I know there's always the, the there's always the threat. You know, we're gonna bring Bruce Wayne's parents back right. for Lazarus so they, Pit. Oh. Weirdly, something like this happened in Punisher comics more recently. Like actually. Here, I don't... Firebrand is listed as having one minor appearance, according to Marvel Wiki, and it is this issue. So I have no idea what's going on here. No flipping clue. But... Not a Scooby-Doo. 
uh, as Frank's family are burning to death in front of him, uh, his wife says, who gets punished for this, Frank? And Frank says, I do. And as they beg to know why he did it, he quotes Bride of Frankenstein and says, we belong dead. And then Henry wakes him up. And <clears throat> evidently, Frank and Henry have gotten up much earlier than all the other monsters because Frank has decided to leave them behind and make this a one-man mission. So he's going full Arnold Schwarzenegger in commando. Um, <clears throat> Frank and Castle and Henry have a little heart-to-heart. Henry expresses skepticism over the mission because helping a bunch of monsters take revenge and going on a rescue mission isn't what they do. They should be going after mafia types and, and taking out criminals in the city. And so Henry wants to know why they're doing this. And Frankencastle says they're paying a debt. Meanwhile, at Hellsgard's castle, Hellsgard has been torturing Morbius. Uh, and he quotes Machiavelli to Morbius, uh, to which Morbius responds by quoting Confucius. Uh, and so they clearly have been having a philosophical argument over the course of this torture, torture session. Uh, Hellsgard uh, produces the, the bloodstone. He inserts it into the power cell of his suit of armor and uh, is imbued with its power. Yep. Up at the top of the, the castle, standing guard, two of the Japanese monster hunters are talking about uh, looking forward to Hellsgard being purified by the bloodstone and leading them to victory. The other guard is expressing regret for uh, not fulfilling his duty when they were attacking the monsters, that he brought shame to himself. And before he can finish that thought, uh, Frank Frankencastle rides in on a dragon and kills both of them. Yep, doing his best um, Daenerys Targaryen. Yes, know. this is very Game of Thrones, but if... If in if in Game of Thrones somebody mounted a minigun to the back of the dragon, it, it's yeah, I, Game of I, Game of Thrones meets Predator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Frank is on the back of the dragon with the minigun, taking people out. Uh, the dragon is incinerating people. Turns out that the the Japanese monster hunters had killed this dragon's entire species, and then they kill this dragon too. Yeah, I, I mm, Frank, maybe don't bring the endangered species into the fight. I don't know. Right. Frank doesn't seem upset about it. Old girl got herself a respectable body count, he says. Gave a taste back. Best anyone can hope for. A little bit yeah. nihilistic, Frank. But, you know, you're undead, so I get that. Yeah. Uh, and then Frank breaks into the... Or he, he, he starts making his way across the grounds to the castle... Um, mm -hmm. Hellsguard becomes aware of the situation and uses the bloodstone to reanimate a bunch of Nazi zombies who crawl out of the snow to attack Frankencastle. I wasn't aware this is a power the bloodstone had. This is a new one. I never, I don't recall Ulysses having an army of Nazi zombies. No. Uh, or Elsa, no. for that matter. Be real weird no. if she did. <laughs> yeah. Real weird. Necromancy, not something I was aware they did. Right, so. right. Um, so Frank fights his way through the zombie horde and makes his way into the castle grounds um, and kind of pulls a trick on the, mo the Japanese monster hunters by somehow getting past them to the inner gate. So the, they're in sort of the courtyard of the castle. He's breached the outer gate uh, the zombies have followed him in that out that outer gate. Frank makes it all the way through the inner gate and drops the gate behind him so that the, the monster hunters are trapped with the zombies. Yeah. Uh, and again, full action hero mode. Uh, the, the monster hunters are shouting, please, please open it. And he says, sit tight. See if I can't find the key. Um, Frank makes his way through the castle taking out all of the monster hunters along the way, and he rescues Morbius and Manphibian, who is in fact still alive, and that's when Hellsguard shows up. And Frankencastle and Hellsguard begin fighting, uh, while also sort of arguing about whether what either of them is doing even makes sense, because 
as this uh, story arc is going to remind us over and over again, they're not so different, right? They have kind of the same backstory, except not really. Yeah, it's just... mm. Of course, the whole time you're doing this summary, uh, all I could think of is that old meme. It's like, yo, dog, I heard you like castles. How about a castle in your castle? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, So the bloodstone-powered Hellsguard is uh, able to take advantage of, of Frank being encumbered because he's he's carrying uh, Morbius and Manphibian. Um, he hits uh, both Frank and it looks like Manphibian both in the chest with with retractable buzz saws attached to ropes. Um, and uh, our issue ends with Hellsguard firing some sort of fiery bloodstone energy at Frank. Yep. To be continued. Yeah. So... The main thing about this issue is the artwork. Yes. It's my main problem because it's not Tony Moore. Right. It is a little bit, uh, not nothing against, uh, I don't think I gave the credits for this issue, written as with the rest of the art by Rick Remender. Um, the art is Roland Bashi, uh, colors by Dan Brown and Lee Loffridge, uh, letters by Joe Caramagna, uh, edited by Sebastian Gurner. And nothing against Bashi, but the art is noticeably different and a little bit of a step down. Yeah, I think so. It honestly looks more like a previous run of Punisher. Like the the, the visual style, the angles, the use of shadows feels more like a conventional Punisher book instead of a monster book. Mm-hmm. Things that I, should I, be way cooler, like the full page Punisher on the back of a dragon firing a minigun. Just yeah. doesn't look as cool as you want it to. A little bit underwhelming, right? Partly because of a lack of detail. Like there's like you can barely see Punisher or the minigun in the image. Yeah, and even like the big splash page of the Punisher fighting the Nazis. Yeah, just the the proportions just seem wrong. It's just, uh, yeah. Like it's, I can say it's not bad. But it's so... It stands out because of how good the previous issues were. Yeah. Yeah. It's also a little bit of a letdown because of how action-oriented this issue is. Yes. It's a, it's a scratchier style, and I would have liked something a bit clearer so I could see the awesomeness that I should be seeing in this issue. Right, right. Like, with the Nazi fight, like, with, with Frank on the dragon, it's just... It reminds me a little bit of Mike Mignola, but without the stylization that makes that cool. Yeah. Because you can do the scratchy art style, but it's got to be stylized enough that you're still getting details out of it. Yes. It's it's fine. The cover, I, I, the another thing really that nice. I do really like, another thing I do really like is uh, when Frank is breaking through the, the, cast, the outer gate of the castle that the sound effect of him banging on the door is doom, doom, doom. I just like that the sound effect is doom. Mm-mm. Hmm. But you were saying about the cover? It's nice. It's it Frank nice. blown away some Nazis. Yes, that's a good cover. Um, and, and that image is better than any of the Frank fighting Nazis in the actual issue. Yes, which is unfortunate. I'm but, still really confused by that that nightmare at the beginning. I have no idea what purpose that serves other than sort of giving an excuse to quote Bride of Frankenstein at the end of the nightmare. Yeah, I could see that. But that, I think, is a good place for us to stop on this issue. Yeah. And yeah. we're. do you want to take another quick break and come back with... Yeah, we can take a break. We'll, we'll, we'll take give, break, some, you know? give, give everyone a chance to, to reset, grab some popcorn, whatever you're going to do. Hydrate, guys. Hydration yes. is key. It's it's so important to hydrate. Yeah, take take one of your brain pills, like like Frank. Mmm, brain pills. <laughs> I need some brain pills, actually. Don't we all? So let's take a break. Yeah, and... and listen to a quick message from our sponsor, Brain Pills. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back with Punisher issue number eight, uh, issue number sixteen, right after these messages. 
Do you like spooky movies? Hair-raising tales. Insightful criticism. Judgmental hot takes. Then you're going to love Horror Business, the horror podcast on the Cinepunks Podcast Network dedicated to all things weird and spooky. My name is Leo Donald. And I'm Justin Lore. And every episode, we're going to tear apart your favorite and not-so-favorite horror movies to get to the bottom of what makes these movies great or maybe not great. <laughs> Whether it's The Beyond, Prince of Darkness, or Inseminoid, we dive in on a double feature every episode, and then we talk about it. Some of our insights are great, and sometimes we just complain. So if we have to suffer through it, so do you. Horror Business, available anywhere you find fine podcast products. Stalked us. Vampires, werewolves, the Frankenstein monster. This Halloween weekend, they're back. I don't think he's human. He's taking out my city. You can kill them, but you can't stop them. The only natural predator is God. House of Frankenstein, Sunday Halloween weekend on NBC. Violent scenes, parental discretion advised. Welcome back to Move Ideas, a Marvel Horror Podcast. Our next issue is Punisher number 16. Which has a very nice cover, in my opinion. It is. It's, of, a, it's good. Of Frank fighting Hellsguard. It, it's it's. Yeah. I, I think we talked off mic about this that the the use of color in particular is good in this one. Really nice, really nice. Also, I like that Hellsguard's chainsaw is going right through Frank, Frank here, and yeah. Frank does not care. Yeah. Which that's indicative of where this issue goes. Yeah. So. Manphibian wakes up on the ground to find Frank and Hellsguard fighting, kind of like where we left off last issue. Um, and Frank's all like, you kill children! And Hellsguard's like, unfortunate casualties. My name is to save thousands of, well, he sounds like Arnold, thousands <laughs> of human lives. And then Manphibian's like, were my children mistakes, you son of a bitch! <laughs> and really, Manphibian sounds like Nixon. Uh, so, you know... Um, so you say Nixon, I immediately went to mid-90s Harrison Ford, like Air Force One era Harrison Ford. <laughs> General Ross is a smokescreen. Um, Harrison Ford will be bringing to, bring to our screens the MCU Manphibian. I would not gentlemen. be mad about that. I would not be mad about that at all. You heard it here first. On- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we, we could get into that business. It seems like it's pretty lucrative, like making yeah. shit up and then saying it's rumored to be true. Yes. That, that's a lucrative heard, MCU adjacent business. I heard, I, I mean, I did hear a rumor that Harrison Ford would be playing in Amphibian in the MCU. <laughs> and now that I have heard that from you, I have also heard it from a reliable source. And therefore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, Harrison Ford and Amphibian confirmed, guys. Yep. There we go. Yeah, uh, but uh, Hellsguard shoots Amphibian in the head and tosses the body into limbo, uh, which is just rude, pun- really, really, really quite rude. And also tosses Frank's meds into limbo as well. Um, but using the um, open gate to limbo as an opportunity, Frank makes like '90s Ghost Rider, grabs a chain. And uses that chain to wrap around Hellsguard and pull Hellsguard into Limbo himself. Although, yes. with the hook at the end, he might be 90s Lobo. <laughs> uh, but he actually, Frankencastle does seem just shy of calling someone a bastitch. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they are both pulled through the gate into Limbo, and they have a good fighty fighty there. Um,. It's 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 real good. Frank Castle's arms almost torn off. Uh, it's you know there's lava explosions and um, there's a fake out with the pills and then of course here's Manphibian with the folding chair. <laughs> yeah, at this point yeah. Frank basically can't move. Uh, yeah. His arms are, are disabled. His neck has been broken. He's he's sort of trapped where he is. Yeah, um, but what we've realized, we find out, is that Manfabian was not killed by a shot to the head because his brain is in his neck. Um, Manfabian um, uses his uh, surprise attack to rip Hellsguard out of his armor. And it, we find the it looks a little bit like a Mortal Kombat fatality, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And so the slightly mummified Hellsguard 
is pulled out of the armor. The bloodstone is ripped off him by Mamphibian. And um, Mamphibian's like, you know, I could kill you for slaughtering my children, but I won't. That would make me a monster. That would make me a monster. Uh, When really, you are the monster. And they leave him there with his broken armor uh, in limbo to think about what he did. Right. That was a good fight. (laughs) It's a real good fight. There's something about a bunch of monstrous creatures slugging it out in a fiery hellscape with chainsaws and gatling guns and 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 ripping things out of people's chests it's great yeah this is some excellent excellent tony moore artwork yeah um the the panel that's just frank and castle's boot going into hell's guard's face is just great it's 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 real nice. It makes me a bit again a bit sadder about the previous issue. That so Tony what do we Moore, think? Do we think that was like a scheduling thing or or what? I think maybe Tony Moore had to had to um, have extra time to draw the big fi- final fight with Hellsguard. Yeah, and so they bring a a uh, guest artist. Yeah, um, I I like. I mean, I I like. One of my favorite Universal monsters, going way back to when I was a child, was the creature from the Black Lagoon. And so I've mm-hmm. always had an affinity for Gilman creatures. And yeah. Manphibian gets some really cool moments in this issue. Yes, he does. Um, it really is Manphibian who defeats Hellsguard here. Yes. And and Frank sort of, sort of gives him the assist, right? Like, he sets him up to be able to do that. Yes. Uh, also, I always like it when... The thing on the cover actually happens in the book, and sure enough, late in the fight, uh, Hellsguard does in fact stab Frank through the chest with his chainsaw. Yeah, always nice when that happens. Which is very, very Army of Darkness of him. I am your punishment. <laughs> Again, he sounds like Arnold. Why can't I do a good German accent? I See, in my head, he sounds like Werner Herzog. Show me the baby. Right, right. Yeah, so, and it's found lacking. <laughs> this is your punishment. Okay. Um, also, I'm, get, I'm getting he, it now. He's, he's barely in the issue, which is a shame, but uh, I think it's in this issue that Morbius gets one really good line, like right in the middle. Yeah, with, with the uh, Japanese soldiers. Yeah. It's like, they're like, we must journey, continue our duty to, we, we journey to oh, our... He, here it is. Yeah. We journey on duty to save Captain of Science. And Morbius says, Looking for a Captain of Science? I hold three PhDs and partying with your mothers. That's a good line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> like, I wish we'd, I wish there'd been enough room in the book for just one more, even half page, of Morbius taking those guys out. Yeah, just slaughtering them. Because we don't really see him again. Because the book ends with Frank and Manphibian stepping back through the portal. We don't see what's on the other side of the portal. Yeah. And he's not the kind of emaciated Morbius we've seen up to this point. Right. He he looks like he's starting to recover. He looks like, and I might be wrong here, he looks like he's been feeding. Yeah. I wonder if we're supposed to assume that he, in the chaos, he had started taking out other guards that it's had rushed into the It's very possible. Yeah. It's hard to... He was already covered in blood from the torture, so it's hard to tell if that's new blood around his mouth or if that was already there from the torture. Yeah. Well, when you see him previously, the blood splatter is not on his face. Right, it's on his chest. Which leads me to believe he has been feeding, but... Eh. Oh, I see what it is. I actually see it. Um, Frankencastle rips a guard's head off or something and the body gushing blood falls on top of Morbius's body and the blood is gushing into his mouth you're right wow that is good attention to detail right <laughs> good job Tony Moore Jesus Christ that is like a little throwaway thing where they did that yep yep and it pays off it's great I, because you could have had the panel of Morbius getting up and saying the one-liner without that happening first, 
but it's so much yes. better that that happens. Yes. Oh man, that is fun. Oh, this issue is just so much fun. It is. It is. And I, I, I almost wish that there had been a little bit more of like in Marvel, lim- the dimension of Limbo is populated. Like there are there are creatures and beings that exist in Limbo. Um, there are multiple versions of Limbo. That's true, and it's not clear universe. which version we've gone to here. I'm pretty sure it's not Immortus's Limbo. Right, no. But but isn't Ileana Rasputin connected to one of the versions of Limbo? Yep, yep, she is. She actually might, rules Limbo. Right, and that would probably overcomplicate things to bring any of that in for the few pages that they're there. But it is just what? kind of... like. Since when has bringing the X-Men into something overcomplicated it, <laughs> Specifically, Ileana. <laughs> um, but, Our Inferno coverage. Oh but God. it is a... Oh, yeah, that's going to be a project. Uh, but but it, it is a little unfortunate that Limbo, as we see it here, just seems totally uninhabited. It's just lava pits. Right, I'd have liked to have seen something suggesting things creeping in in the background as Hellsguard is left behind at the end. Oh, there's a castle. Yes. Yes, there is. On that last panel of the issue, there's a castle. Yep, you're right. I I wonder if Hellsguard will come back. (laughs) I actually don't know. Um, Doesn't look like it. He has six appearances, and they are Punisher, Volume 8, issues 11 through 16. Interesting, but he could because he's just in limbo. He's just. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> that was horrible. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I'm not even going to pretend to apologize for that. <laughs> you are not. And and so this this is. Hold on. This is this is Firebrand's first and only known appearance. That's what Guys. I said. It makes no sense. The hell. And he's not, I don't think he's even named in the issue. Maria Castle, first and only known appearance, does. That can't be true. Because uh, she it's... has to have appeared. Okay, so, okay. I, I think I figured it out, maybe. Um, okay, it is that the the nightmare apparition of Firebrand makes one only, just the one appearance. Firebrand, okay. the Marvel character, real name Gary Gilbert, first appeared in Iron Man 27 in 1970 and died in Punisher Volume 8 Number 10 not long before the Frankencastle arc started. Firebrand was one of the 17 Scourge victims resurrected by the Hood in order to try to kill the Punisher. Yes. Punisher forced Firebrand to kill his newly resurrected family and then was killed by the Punisher with a shot to the right. head. So that's what the nightmare is, is reenacting that moment. Um, yeah. That sounds like not a not a story arc I want to read, actually. No, I'm good. It's that's I'm still good. written remender, so it's probably a good like it's probably well written. Oh yeah, it's probably very well written. I'm I'm still okay not reading it. No no uh, no offense, Mister Remender. You're you're always welcome to come on the show. Love to talk to you. Um, I'm good. Now I will I will say um at some and I'm just gonna throw this out there since since the character came up at some point we should read the original. Uh, miniseries that introduced the hood because that's actually a pretty good if I remember it's been a long time since I read it but I remember it being pretty good uh, Brian K. Vaughn like early 2000s stuff I have mixed feelings about the hood okay well because his whole deal is kind of like inversion of the Peter Parker story in a lot of ways fair but anyway um, just, it. I was oversaturated with the hood in the, like say early 2000s for a while they were throwing him into everything like around this time of the Frankencastle stuff actually he was just showing up everywhere like everywhere dark rain caused the hood to be everywhere for some reason yeah uh, it doesn't help he reminds me of the short run NBC series the cape true true uh, but yeah Frankencastle uh, Punisher number 16 this one, these three issues are kind of a single story within the bigger arc. Yes. Like, they they, they fit together perfectly. Uh, yes. 
which is kind of nice for us doing them together in an episode. It's almost like we planned this or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, Funny that. Yeah, uh, so I, I know you're reading this stuff for the first time. What, what, what are what are you thinking about it as, as, as we're going through this? Is it – I had sort of hyped it up a little bit over the years. Is it living mm. up to expectations or is it surprising you in any ways? You know, if all Punisher comics were this – I would be a Punisher fan. Right. The problem is, I know they're not. Right, right. right. And the Firebrands... That seems to be part of why Henry is in these issues, is to keep saying over and over again, you know this isn't our deal, right? And, like, the, 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 the whole Firebrand thing kind of brings that home to me. Yeah, 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 you don't like Punisher, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and... You know, it's funny, the the letters pages on these three issues are all over the place. Um, and a thing that, that comes up frequently is uh, there was someone, I think it was in maybe issue 14, 14 or 15, um, there's someone that's basically complaining that, that this this story arc doesn't make sense for the Punisher at all, that it's, it's ruining the Punisher's gritty, grounded roots by... by being too weird and too over the top and too fantastical. And it's like, and, and my response, which is also seemingly Rick Remender's response is you say that like, it's a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Here it is. I strongly dislike the Frankencastle storyline, mixing up the Punisher with the Legion of monsters and making Punisher a Frankenstein monster. I tried to be open-minded about this and I can't wrap my mind around it. Even in a comic book universe, certain things do not make sense for certain characters. It wouldn't work for Daredevil or Moon Knight either. First off, first off, you could totally do this story with Daredevil or Moon Knight, and it would make just as much sense. <laughs> oh god, it would be so much more emo with Daredevil. Wouldn't it? But also, saying so that Daredevil is too grounded to do a story like this... Wait, Daredevil, the guy who fights undead ninjas on the regular... Daredevil, the dude who, when trying to protect his secret identity, came up with a fake brother. Right, right, right. Or even who was right. Who was made an actual human being by magic? Yes, yes. And and even um, this is uh, this happened a little after the story arc. Uh, not too long after, though. Uh, uh, the Shadowland story. Where Daredevil actually does become possessed by a demon and turn into a monster. Shadowland. Wait, Moon Knight is too grounded? The guy who talks to the Egyptian god in his head all the time? Yeah. I'm sorry. That's I'm one. sorry. I, I'm, I'm, I should not rant about letters pages from, what, 10, 15 years ago, but... yeah. I'm sure this person's a perfectly well-adjusted human being now and recognizes that eh, this is fun. Um, but Reminder actually writes like a whole like the the letters the letters page is three columns, an entire column of it is Reminder responding to that guy. And here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing about comics fandom. It'll be okay. Yeah, it's not permanent. Like nothing's permanent. No, Frank Castle is not going to be the punish, but be you know a Frankenstein forever. As it's much as I wish books. you would. Yes, yeah. It's comic books. It'll be okay. For the same way, you know, don't send death threats to Dan Slott because he killed Peter Parker. Right. Jesus I guess, Christ, Especially dude. considering all of these things. Frankencastle, the death of Peter Parker, all of that. This is all in a post-death of Superman world. Like, we know how this game is played. Yes. Now... We should still get upset about what they're doing to Ben Riley right now in the comics, because... Oh, just look what they've done to my boy. The, oh, man. Just, mm. The sad thing is we're going to have to look at what they did to your boy, because we're going to have to do Dark Web. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Goblin Queen's in that. Yeah. So we have... It, it's We don't have to do that until next year. <laughs> Be, because we have to do Inferno first. Right, right, right. Uh, Which... Of course, in between... Not, we will you don't get, hear many. You don't hear many podcasters saying "Thank God for Inferno," but right. Um, of course, in between, we'll get across the Spider Verse, which apparently has a more traditional version of Ben Riley in it. Woohoo! Which I am happy for. Yeah, 
but yeah. Uh, so I, I guess if we're all already off onto the Goblin Queen and Ben Riley, we, we've probably exhausted what we're going to say about these three issues of Punisher. But any final thoughts about where we're leaving Punisher as he exits Limbo? Uh, no, <laughs> no. I, I mean, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, I, again, I, I said this at the beginning. This this does feel like a little bit of a transition point for the story arc. We've yeah. wrapped up the Hell's Guard story, and and we're heading into something new, whatever that yeah. something might so, be. So the reason for Frank to be Frankenstein is now concluded. Right. So I'm assuming going forward from here, it'll be focused on getting Frank back to normal. Probably. My, it's been, again, I have not read these issues since they first came out, but I feel like we're beginning the quest toward restoring his humanity. Okay, cool. Uh, cool. And to that end, uh, our we're, we're, we've got two more episodes of Frankencastle coming, guys, because there's, there's still Woo. basically half the story arc left. Um, half the trade, if you're me. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, the next episode we do, for those of you reading along at home, we're going to read... The brand new retitled book, Frankencastle, issues number 17 and 18. Then the next issue in the story is Dark Wolverine, number 88, which had taken over the number of Wolverine, I think. Um, and then we'll wrap up that episode with Frankencastle, number 19. So seven, Frankencastle, 17 and 18, then Dark Wolverine, 88, then Frankencastle, 19. That's right. Um, but until then, Tomb Believers, you can always reach out to us. We love hearing from you. Yes. Our email address is tombofideas at gmail.com. Uh, our Twitter is at tombofideas. Yes, we're still on Twitter. Um, it hasn't imploded totally yet. No, although it's starting. Right. The API broke. <laughs> yeah, the API is broken, whatever that is. And... <laughs> We're on Instagram. It's at Tomb of Ideas. We're on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Tomb of Ideas. And, of course, you can always rate and review us on iTunes. We right. love it. Yes, Love feeding the algorithm. Tell us what you think. Give us uh, feedback. Tell us if you're reading along. Uh, we love to hear about people who are sort of following along issue by issue with us because that's cool. We, we yeah. were talking off mic about how we like to do that with other comics podcasts, um, some yep. of which no longer exist. <laughs> R.I.P. Make Ours Marvel. Um, but of course, but, you can also find our entire back catalog at Cinepunks.com because we are proud members of the Cinepunks podcasting group. In addition to our show, you'll find other great shows like The Carnage Report, Cinema Smorgasbord, uh, Horror Business, flagship Cinepunks show, and much, much more. That's Cinepunks.com, Cinepunks with an X. That's right. But with that being said, until next time, Tomb Believers, bye-bye. Bye. You have been listening to the Tomb of Ideas, a Marvel horror podcast. Until next time, Tomb Believers. Excelsior! Ha 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 ha!